Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. All right, Jeff. What? It's time for a little minor league rundown. And you didn't even talk over it this week. You know, when I hear that, I, I just keep thinking, man, wouldn't it be nice to be one of those guys that they're cheering? You get excited, right? I do, yeah. Uh, you like the, the atmosphere there, and uh, we're going to be going out to Lehigh Valley this weekend, seeing the Iron Pigs a little bit and talking to some players out there. But let's recap what we saw this week in the Phillies farm system. Well, let's start. Why don't we start with Allentown? Go ahead. So since we'll go top to bottom this time. All right. So, so this week, we, hit, well, we might end, we can go with the first place team. So the Iron Pigs have made their way to first place. The problem for the Iron Pigs, though, is they're doing so well that their best players are now disappearing because they're making their way up like to Sir the Anthony big club. Like Sir Dominguez, yeah. who made, made a quick ascent from double to triple to... Yeah, well, I don't really count him because he only did four appearances there. He was a double A for eight appearances. Then he went to triple A for four appearances, and now he's in the major. So I don't think he impacted them one way or the other. Of course, it would be nice to have got him. Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin was doing well at AAA, and he has now come up, and he's being the Zach Eflin people thought he could be. Whether he holds on to that is another story, but Zach Eflin, he had the surgeries, so his knees appear to be healthy now. He said that he's put on weight um, and muscle, which, which should help him through the season. He's got a 95, 96-mile-per-hour fastball, and he's got command of his off-speed pitches. And he has done incredible in his first two starts. And and so now Lively goes down. I mean, he was injured, but now he's at the point that he's going to rehab. And I think Eflin, if he continues, is going to find a place in this rotation for a while. It's a little stock up, stock down in Lehigh. Uh, you have the oldest player at 26 years old, the yeah. International Player of the Week. Yeah, Joey Manessis is not a, your traditional prospect. He wasn't somebody the Phillies um, signed out of out of college or drafted or you know any of that stuff. He's just a guy that they got off the waiver wire, kind of. Um, he though was International Player of the Week. Uh, batted 520 for the week, two home runs, eight RBIs. He's now batting for the season 349, 11 runs, 12 RBIs, two homers, and nine doubles with a 923 OPS. So, What's your thought on him? Is he a injury forces the call-up? How yes. does he make his yeah. way? Uh, so so that AAA is, is a two-pronged thing. It's the guys coming up, the prospects, their last stop before the majors, and then it's the guys that kind of stay around who are in case somebody gets injured. And I think that Joey is going to be one of those guys. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he turns out to be better than that. But there's these guys that kind of, they call, they almost, they call it quadruple A, that are kind of go back and forth. Stuck in between. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned De Los Santos in the last segment, pitching lights out. Se- last, last start, seven innings pitched, one hit, no runs, six Ks. He's now 4-0 with a .84 ERA in six games. He's pitched 32 innings, 13 walks, 39 strikeouts, and a 1.14 whip. When, how long do you think we see him up with the big league team? Well, think about it. We, right now we have Arietta, Nola, Eflin, um, Finney, and who am I forgetting? Oh, and Pavetta. So who's the problem is you now have a backlog because you're going to have Eichhoff at some point coming back, and Gabe Kapler has already said he's when Eichhoff's back. ready, he's in. So Vinny or Pavetta are your only choices to move, right? Right now it looks like it's going to be Vinny. 
And I think which upsets you terribly. <laughs> no, but I think I think the problem is you can't move them into the closer role now. I think that they may have found their the closer problem, and I hope Hector's not. <laughs> they are much longer. Let's go through the names uh, that people know that are AAA: Roman Quinn and Dylan Cousins. Those are the names that you know you've heard a lot the last couple of years. Yep, and he's he's already got three triples. He's batting two eighty nine, eleven RBI, seven eighty five OPS. He's not striking out a lot. Cousins has seven home runs, but his strikeouts are concerning to you. <laughs> When Don't they, laugh at that. <laughs> he he is a a specimen. He's a Stan, He's a boomer bus he, guy. He is a Stanton esque player. He he his home runs are colossal. The problem his is strikeouts are colossal too. Yeah, and I know what, that we are now in the age that strikeouts are seem to be okay, but you cannot strike out forty six times in your first hundred and five at bats. You've got Tom Eshelman with a stock down last year's pitcher of the year. He struggled some. He is. I mean, Tom Eshelman was last year Phillies pitcher of the year in the entire their entire system. He is a finesse pitcher. He's not an overpowering pitcher. Finesse pitchers don't do well, particularly in the cold. So I give him a buy for the first couple starts, but he's off to a one and three start, seven point one one ERA. The problem is he's got a one point nine three WHIP. And as a guy who's not overpowering, I don't think they ever saw him as a top of the line pitcher. But I'm worried about whether or not he's going to find his way to be a bottom rotation pitcher and he certainly won't be this year unless unfortunately there's a lot of injury let's move to Reading so that we can get to the interviews we have this week you can obviously hear the Reading fighting fills after us every Friday and all week long here on 610 ESPN uh, talk to me about what's going on with Reading hitting lots of hitting uh, they're they're fifth right now in the Eastern League it's not looking good for the beginning but keep in mind, they got Dominic Tomshay there. He's batting 333, six doubles, five home runs, 17 RBIs, and a whopping 968 OPS. They also have a guy named Jan Hernandez there who's batting 347, 12 runs, five doubles, a homer, and eight RBIs, and an 830 OPS. Pitching is, has not been their strong suit so far this year, but I think if they get the pitching together and they have the prospects there, I think that they could do okay. So let's uh, let's go to Clearwater, mm-hmm. um, and I'd love to go to Clearwater. I'm I'm cool with that. Let's go. That's where they also have their spring training. Uh, they're in fourth place right now in the Florida State League. Uh, your boy Sixto Sanchez is there. Rough start. He's one and two, four point seven one ERA, four games, twenty one innings pitched, and he only has sixteen strikeouts. But uh, everybody who has seen Sixto says, "Don't worry about Sixto." Yeah, no. So I'm not legit. I'm not too worried about that. But you can't forget Derek Hall. Derek Hall is a first baseman who last year set the Lakewood record for home runs, which I think Ryan Howard was up there on before. So not too shabby. Batting two ninety six, twenty five runs, six doubles. 10 homers, 25 RBIs, and a 976 OPS. Watch this guy because I have a feeling he's going to be up in Reading by midseason. What's going on with JoJo Romero? You got stocked down there. He was one of those arms. He was he's part of the six stoke crew. And uh, he is 0 4, 6.68 ERA, 1.6 whip. Um, and that was after last year. Last year, he was at Lakewood and Clearwater. And he had a great 10 and 3 record, 2.16 ERA. 1.09 whip. Um, so I'm hoping he gets it together, but he's at a very rough start. Uh, let's move to Lakewood because we were out at Lakewood. Uh, we're going to have an Our interview boy. shortly. 
Yeah. Will Stewart, who... Uh, who you're, Pete, getting, you're getting his jersey, right? Will Stewart is the guy to watch. Will Stewart is the, the young who guy who... we spoke who, to on, and had the interview on last and, week's show. And, you know, you know I, from listening to that interview again, uh, you know, I was... The enthusiasm at which he was saying, you know, you get your three meals a day, and he's playing in this giant stadium. It's about 7,000. I can't imagine how excited this guy will get when he gets to the majors. But once again, Will went eight innings, six hits, no runs, six strikeouts on 82 pitches. I knew that was going to excite you when I saw those stats. That, he, that line he is through. 4-0 with a 1.46 ERA in six games. 31, uh, 37 innings pitched, 31 Ks, and only five walks, and his whip is under one. Give me the stock down right now in Lakewood. One of their top prospects is a second baseman named Daniel Brito. Um, Brito, right, he's a younger player, so give him time. But he is a top infield prospect, but he's struggling with a 194 throughout about 100 bats. So um, it's still early in the season. Give him time to fix it. They got a good hitting coach down there. But uh, right now he's our stock down guy. Why don't you introduce the interview that we're going to play? We were out at Lakewood, and, and we got to talk to the team's coach. You know, these coaches have a very tough job, and, and, and because they have to balance whether or not winning is most important or developing these players most important. And we address that with Marty Malloy, who is the manager for the Lakewood Blue Claws. And I, I thought that he had a, a fascinating take on that and much more. But let's, let's just listen up. All right, so we're here with Marty Malloy, manager of the Lakewood Blue Claws. Claws. Marty, thanks for joining us. No problem. You're very welcome. Okay, so, uh, Marty, <clears throat> you made it to the majors playing 11 games for the Braves in 98, right? How long did you play in the minor leagues? Um, 12 years, from 92 through uh, 2003. Um, parts of two years in the major leagues, but uh, 12 total, uh, mostly in the minor leagues, and uh, a lot of good, a lot of good memories, a lot of good. Uh, uh, stops along the way, um, no regrets, and, and just a uh, great time in my life. So you were the subject of a buck, the heart of the game, following your efforts to make the majors while on the Durham Bulls, is that right? Yes, that's correct. And, and how did that come about? Um, it came about in uh, 1993, actually in this same league, in the South Atlantic League, when, uh, when I was a player in Macon. Um, and it happened to be a uh, rider uh, that was uh, uh, from Macon, Georgia, or right there in the area. And, uh, you know, he, uh, as a player um, in, his, in his day and era, he was a second baseman. I just so happened to be playing second base, and uh, that's where the story started, and the rest is history. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy having somebody follow No, it was around? good. It was good because, uh, you know, th there, there's a lot of things that go on um, in these trenches, what we call it, uh, down at the lower levels in the minor leagues um, that, that a lot of people don't, don't know about. Um, and, and probably a lot that still don't know about it. But, uh, but, but it was neat to, to have it done and, and just to uh, be a part of it. What was the most interesting thing that you recall being put, being put in the book? Well, I, I, don't know, I don't know the most interesting part. I guess uh, being the so-called chosen one for that particular time, um, especially when it's unexpected, um, not knowing how the book's going to be and who's going to read it and who wants to read it. But it, it was neat to do. What, what did your teammates think of a, of a reporter following you around? Well, they enjoyed it. I mean, you know, anytime you see new faces, especially the way these road trips are and the way we travel, um, it's, always, it's always nice to see a fresh face. Well, one of the things that, that we're trying to, to show through, our, through this, this new show is, is the struggle of getting to the major leagues. You know, most people don't realize that every single one of the, the, the kids that are down here, especially at Lakewood, <coughs> was, was probably the best kid in their town. 
Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. I would think uh, most of the guys that are in here were the best in, in their town or where they grew up. And then, you know, all of a sudden you get you, – you're, you're the uh, little fish in the big pond, so to speak. And, you know, every team has good players. Uh, the competition gets better as you go. I mean, it's, it's, it's all a process. It's, uh, it's not always a quick one for, for some of the players, some quicker than others. Um, but but uh, learning along the way um, – wherever your stops may be, short season rookie ball to uh, which most of these guys here um, today are first season full or first time full season guys. And there's just a lot to learn. We're the northernmost team, so our travel is very, very tough. Um, but that's all part of the process as well. The fact of playing a 140 game season versus playing uh, 30 in an extended spring or if you sign late and you play 20 or 30 games and then all of a sudden you uh, you have to uh, go through this grind with the travel, the uh, night games, the day games, uh, bus rides, 14 hours um, um, is our longest one when we go to Rome. Um, it just It's just a big process that they have to go through that they've never uh, uh, you know done before um and 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 it's a challenge and and you know they got to post every night and and that's that's the biggest thing is for these kids to learn how to uh eat right to sleep right to uh to be able to not feel good on a given night but still be able to go out and give their best and 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 take their four abs or or take the ball and go hopefully seven innings for a starter and then you turn it over to the bullpen or you know guys in the bullpen that hadn't been back-to-back days before you know now all of a sudden as the season progresses it'll be guys that they'll go back-to-back days for the first time and it's just it's all a big learning experience how how do you get them ready for that I mean 140 games versus maybe the 20 or 30 that they played in high school I think I think from a manager standpoint or a staff standpoint is uh, understanding that each individual is different Um, they all come from different walks of life they all have different personalities and to be able to uh, to, to learn that in each and every one um, and, and know what, bu- what buttons to push on certain days and know, and know uh, when not to put, push that button. Um, may, maybe, maybe there's things going on, you know, away from the ballpark we don't know about and you read a kid's body language and you know um, it's a day you got to give him a pat on the back or, or versus, versus a day where you really got to push get, to get the best out of it. Well, you mentioned diet. Do, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have a problem with, with the young kids coming in here and having to learn to treat their bodies differently than the way that they did before? No, well, I, I think it's just part of the process. I mean, it's uh, instead of eating McDonald's every day, you're getting a nutritionist now um, in the organization that, that, uh, that map out a plan for, for these guys. And, and, and the Phillies are unbelievable with, uh, with how they take care, take care of our players. Um, and it's just uh, for them to have, having it provided to them um, so, so, so they are eating good stuff to, uh, to energize them on a daily basis. As somebody that's gone through the minor league process, um, do you instill, does it help you with, with teaching these kids? I think without a doubt. Um, you know, I've been on these buses. Uh, it was way back in the early 90s. Um, but, but I've been through these bus rides. Um, I was an everyday player um, up until I did make the big league roster with the Marlins or when I got called up in 98 with the Braves I mean my role changed and 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 that's kind of tough um you know you go from being an everyday player to a uh, utility guy or a so-called bench player where you know back then you played one game here one game there and it wasn't the everyday so you were getting a fresh four so uh, it's just it's all learning um along the way trial tribulations you have goods you have bads it's uh the good players um can have a bad night and they're going to come back the next night and and you know good things can happen and they understand that 
So, so when you made it to the major leagues, what was it like when you hit your first home run? Um, probably now I can reflect back and it's probably the most unbelievable feeling ever. Um, I can remember uh, that day and not really feeling anything, not knowing what had just happened. But, um, you know, obviously it was, it was a great time, great moment in my, uh, in, in my life, in my career. How'd they treat you when you came into the dugout? Uh, it, was, it was a good one. Um, I, I can still remember uh, Andres Galarraga. He was the uh, first guy to uh, meet me at the dugout, got a big bear hug from him. And it's just, you know, first day in the big leagues and then to, to be able to hit a home run like that, I mean, that's it, uh, priceless. So who's impressed you most so far this season? I got a lot of guys that have impressed me. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of good players, a lot of good talent in this locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we've uh, we've had our ups and downs, and we're going to have some more. But we're learning from it. Um, we're playing pr- pretty good baseball right now. Um, you know, extra innings last night, and uh, coming off a road trip where we won six out of eight. So, um, you know, not just to, just to single out one guy on this team. There's 25 of them, and and uh, they're all doing a nice job. So one one other thing, one of the things that I've always been amazed at wa- watching managers in the minor league is you have you have a different goal than a, than a major league manager a major league manager's goal is to win games your goal especially at this level is not just to win games but to develop talent so how do you balance that I think I think the the, the balance is that um, you don't just talk about developing you don't just talk about winning you talk about developing winning players and um, the preparation is a big part of that if we prepare the way we're supposed to and go out and play um, each night, each day, whatever it may be, and, and, and we do what we're supposed to do. We play hard. You're going you're gonna to win some. You're going to lose some. Um, so it's just the preparation and getting ready for each and every day. And then, you know, good things are going to happen. Um, a 70-game first half, I look at it as you have 25 in the beginning, you have 25 in the end, and uh, it's what you do with the, uh, the 20 in the middle. Um, that in the end is what's uh, going to get you over the top or not. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Marty, and good luck. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. All right, Jeff. First of all, I love being in the locker room with the door opening and closing in the middle of an interview. <laughs> people are like, what's that? It's the door opening and closing for people to come in and at, out. At one point, one of the coaches was locked out. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I don't think they were too happy with us doing the interview right there. It's fascinating to get a coach's perspective as opposed to a player's perspective. And you can tell how seasoned he is at interviews by how he ducked your question on who's who's got his attention <laughs> so far and he was like everybody <laughs> it, it, well, it was it was it was just like a parent when you ask the parent who their favorite kid is he gave the same type of answer it wow. was you know everybody's doing well everybody's got their ups and downs and you know he's the kind of guy i don't know about you i was really impressed by by the kind of coach he is. Well, you were excited for this interview. I mean, you knew his personal story. You knew that he was the subject of of what what was covered. Like you were looking forward to this one. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that's. I mean, part of why we're doing this show is is to show people what it's like before people get to the major leagues to get to know the players and the coaches because. As much as you follow the players, obviously, some of us actually follow the coaches. I mean, I, I can tell you, I remember Dusty Wathen at single A with Lakewood and making his way up. You were excited when he made it to the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually I actually was hoping that he was going to be the manager. Um, he's the third base coach. And there have been lots of stories about how his progression with this group of players has actually led to the ag- successfully aggressive 
way that they're running the bases is that the players have said because they have played for him for so long they trust his instincts so when he when somebody rounds third and he says go they go. They go. There, there's no hesitation whatsoever, and it's led to successfully taking risks. I enjoy talking to the coach at Lakewood because, as you and I have talked about, it seems like the biggest jump these players make. In their lives. In their lives. Yeah. They go from 20, 30 games to 140 games. You heard him say 14 hours on a bus. I mean, you want to talk learning to be a professional. Sit 14 hours on a bus to go play a game and drive 14 hours back. It's, 14 hours on a bus, I just have to learn how to walk again. Yeah. Well, don't take <laughs> tall shots here. No. Not, not well, all what of do you us, mean? That was an old shot in me. Not, not all of us crunch our legs when we sit on the bus. <laughs> be nice, Jeff. But... It, it was it was fascinating for him to talk about the adjustments that these players have to make as they, and they try to, to progress. Make. Yes, and yeah. he has to manage his own expectations. You talked about the dichotomy of differing goals. They want to win, but they want to develop. And those don't always go together. Sometimes you have to lose on the way to winning so that you learn how to win. win winning a South Atlantic League title is not going to get him a promotion. Seeing that he develops the talent that he has there is going to be what gets him a promotion. What surprised you talking to him? I mean, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed hearing the stories because I used to have a Durham Bulls hat. I just I did, and mm. so like hearing the story because of, of the movie, because of the movie, but hearing like his role in it and what it was like and how the other player that was just cool for me to hear that that personal side of the story for him for a guy who, you know, and. You know, at the end of the interview, you asked him about his first home run, and the people couldn't see. He lit up when you asked him about that. Yeah, but, he, he's but got a tell, military personality. But to uh, tell the yeah. story about Andre, seeing Andres Galarraga in the dugout, not the guy you would expect to give a big hug and, and celebrate, I mean, he remembered everything about that, you could see. Yeah, well, he's, he's the kind of guy that would be a successful manager. You don't see many successful managers that were great ball players. First of all, they have so much money, they probably don't want to go through that grind. But more importantly, they don't have the patience. You know, they always said the same thing with Michael Jordan is it, when you're that good, you expect everybody else to be that good. You don't, you don't really understand the development of people that don't have the talent that you do. Marty Malloy played in the minor leagues for over a decade. He made it to the major leagues for literally three dozen games for over a two-year period. He hit one home run, and he's still stuck with it. So he knows what it's like to take the talent that you do have and grind through it and, and stick with that goal despite lots of setbacks. And they, the fact that they followed him for a year must say something about what they thought about his personality and his, and his, his strength. And to, he will be able to instill that in players when they're going through slumps. It was it was very interesting getting to talk to him, and we'll have more interviews next week from Lakewood. And um, like we said, we're going out to Lehigh Valley this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. 